You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time, fresh off a win, a much-needed win. Brethren, how y'all feeling? Y'all good? I've never felt better. Uh, had a fantastic weekend, went to the beautiful city of Jacksonville, uh, got Ooh. to hang out, got to hang out with... Uh, Krizel got to hang out with Ryan, uh, met a couple Stadium and Gale folks at the Turnpike Troubadours concert. Um, it's been 12 years in the making that I've wanted to see these guys. So uh, no, uh, no black eye, no fat lip, no, no black eye, no fat lip. A lot of very welcome to uh, Jacksonville uh, vibes from them, but uh, stayed out in Jacksonville Beach. First time I've been to Jacksonville Beach in a long, long time. Uh, really cool spot. Done a lot over there. So. I'll be honest with you, had a had a very enjoyable weekend in the 904. So you didn't swing by Moncrief or anything like that? No, no, it was on the uh, it was on the list. We just didn't have enough time. Just ran out of time. Yeah. Clock ran out. Uh, it happens, man. I get it. How was your weekend, Nick? Great weekend. Um great hospitality. I want to shout out to my guy Brian Broninger. He works for Texags. Um Invited me and Zach to stay uh, with him and his fiance at their house right in College Station with an 11 a.m. local kickoff. That was appreciated. Everyone else was staying in Houston and Austin, and those are hour and a half, two-hour drives. Uh, drank my weight in tequila, I think. Uh, very good. Always important. And uh, shout-out to, to the Aggies. I mean, they put the cult in agriculture, but everyone <laughs> I talked to, every Gator fan – I like that. Uh, that's, that went out there had – Nothing but positive things to say about the way the people treated them there. Um, and, and I'll say this. Their team stinks. Um, very good. But, but they show up. <laughs> they show up. They were there until, you know, very late in the fourth quarter. I'm at a bar at 1.30 in the – 1230 um, at night, and they start playing that war hymn, and people are running from wherever they were in the bar to get to, like, the dance stage to do their little, you know uh, – back and forth thing uh the team stinks but the fans don't care they show up and uh and they go through their uh whatever the cult proceedings are agriculture yeah, and kool-aid out there in the uh, on the plains of texas i don't know if it's that much kool-aid because they got jimbo seat fire hot um i'll tell you this they it sounds they sound a lot like florida state fans right after uh jimbo threw that christmas tree out, out on the sidewalk mm. they, they're not happy with jimbo I like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I and mean, we can talk about Texas A&M a little bit. Um, just as a school, I went there for about 10 years ago, 11 years ago now. Uh, definitely a, a very unique place. Have that big ring uh, right near the uh, the alumni hall there. Uh, everything about Texas A&M is all about your, your class ring and everything else. Um, obviously. Losing Dan, the hamster, the hamster got tired. Yeah, you got no, that. No, no one fed the hamster when Dan was in Jacksonville last weekend. 
got the Barack Obama free internet. <laughs> um, on, on Dan's note, that class ring stuff is is it's like your class ring. That was one cool thing. It's like I begged my dad to buy like the class ring in high school, and uh, and and I think I wore it three times. Everyone that graduates from Texas A&M wears that ring that they get um, when you're walking through tailgates. It had like the lineage of A&M in the family and everything was like 83, 89, 96. Like they, they are really into, you know, their, their, their graduation class and, and that ring, that ring is, but they have an actual like 20 foot ring. Like the thing is massive. People take pictures like standing inside of it on campus next to the alumni hall. Dope. I, I like the little stuff like that. Just like school pride. Yeah, school pride tradition, all of that. Yeah, that's dope. that's a dope tradition because I mean, you talk about graduating, you gotta like actually do something. It's a good tradition, to, yeah, to keep going. Is Dan still frozen? Dan, you frozen? He's still frozen. My weekend was cool, man. Um, I went down to the Florida State Miami game. Didn't go inside the game, but we had a roll up tailgate. Uh, me and the guys was down there kicking it. Uh, Miami is always a blast. I didn't get to hang out like I wanted to because I had a lot of work to do. Uh, so mm. went down Friday night. Uh, you couldn't my, find you couldn't find tickets to get inside. It was it was pretty packed. Nah, tickets were available. Oh, was, okay. They actually showed up to this game. They left early. Miami fans okay. left early. It was, it was a quick exit, like second quarter. Was, they were leaving by the droves. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to go inside. I was kicking with my guys. Uh, Bam Raw Diets. Uh, he's a guy that's from South Florida. He was out there kicking it. Hung out with him. Uh, my man Stink came by. A lot of Gator fans came by to kick it. So we was out in the parking lot vibing, throwing my son the football, playing a little cornhole, just kicking it. Uh, but I had a I had a blast down there, man, hanging out at Hard Rock. Uh, I could understand they should go support those boys, but what a what a aggravating uh, stadium as far as like mm. parking. Once you get inside, Hard Rock's beautiful and nice. It but is the tailgate scene. It's just not like most college uh, atmospheres, man. It's a little it's a little it's hectic uh, and annoying to park at. Just not con- like comfortable for a tailgate. But once we got settled in, it was a blast. Had a good time. I don't know about that. I disagree. I like the tailgating scene there. We grew up going to Dolphins games, had like season tickets, but it's not a college atmosphere at all. Not but at like all. Like the tailgating scene's not bad. You you kind of know where everyone is. It's just a big square around the stadium. It's like, hey, what what lot number are you in? It's easy to find people. I know they've got like that other parking lot that's kind of like across the street now. That's a, that's a little weird. Um, but it doesn't have. There's no tradition to it. Um, and, and if we're talking about you know the A and M tradition that that we just saw and. Every, Obviously, we know about Florida. So there's just no tradition to, um, you know, playing in a rented space uh, that's meant for an NFL team. No doubt, man. Nonetheless, I had a good time. Um, that was my weekend, hanging out down there, man. My Florida John- State beat the doors off of them, and I still feel good about us beating the doors off of Florida State. So um, everything's all well in state. Hmm. It's good. Sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, connected to the wrong internet somehow. Uh, the condo that I live here. There's a public Wi-Fi right outside, so I was connected to the wrong one. So my bad. We should, we should be we should be cooking with gas right now. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you remember, you have to click Penthouse One when you go to get your Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also the password too if you're looking to log in. Okay. Uh, to my Wi-Fi. Um, but uh, no, ultimately, um, I was saying Texas A&M, um, different place, but uh, you know, former military school. Not sure where I cut out. Former military school. Obviously, the class ring. They got a bunch of weird stuff about them. But I'll be honest with you. Um, in all of my travels, I used to work in the consulting space and hire out of all of the schools that I ever went to. Probably a hundred of them. No school loved 
their school as much as Texas A&M mm-hmm. does. So I'll give, I'll give them credit. Uh, I think probably I was there like on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, probably 90% of the people there are wearing something related to Texas A&M every day of the week. So, um, but we got a big victory. Uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that, but as always, let's give a shout out to our friend, Alan Horn with state farm insurance. If you are in Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, or Georgia, and you're looking for business, auto, home, renters, life insurance, boat insurance, RV insurance, whatever it might be, give Alan a call, 706-692-2888, or visit him at alanhorninsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888. All right, gentlemen, Gator... Obama internet, bro. You froze again, Nicholas. I meant Daniel. Dan, you froze, man. Again. Yeah, man. Am I back now? Yeah, there you are. That's weird. All right. So um Gators win 41 to 24. I'll keep a lookout on it. Uh, 41 to 24. Uh shut Texas AM out in the second half. Uh Gators ultimately dominate the second half. A uh, lot of three and outs. Uh, for Texas A&M, but boys, let's get your high uh, level view of what you thought of the game on Saturday. I had a legitimate high level view. That stadium is massive, and you are, I think we were 800 feet up in the air. Uh, Binoculars necessary. Um, Not going to lie, first half, I was like, yo, the only Tony we acknowledge is Kadarius. Mm -hmm. This is is not a good scene, not a good look. Um, and, And I... And to, to stay on my negative side, I don't know how much stock I put into it. I mean, I think they had 30 dudes out, you know, as projected players from the beginning of the season. So, like, the local Boy Scout troop was was sent in to be backups. Um, and I think, you you know, the Tordal runs off on, on Haynes King's shoulder. He starts looking different, and, and guys get tired when you don't have enough people to put it in. But, listen, regardless, it's tough to get wins. Um Tough to get road wins. There were way more fans there than I thought would be. Um, it was a really good environment, loud, hostile, um, especially in the first half. So ultimately, I think it is critical for Florida to get these 15 extra practices and to get mm-hmm. a bowl game. So what you did on Saturday gets you one game away and you got Vandy on the schedule. So you're almost, let's knock on wood, but you're almost already bowl eligible uh, because of the win you got. So did you beat a great team? No. Did you beat a team that was hot? No. But you got to win. At the end of the day, the W matters more than anything else. You got to beat the teams on your schedule, right, Nick? Yep. Got to do it. Yeah, I was cool with uh, the first half. The whole game, offensively, I thought we just looked. We're getting better. You can see You can see the work. Uh, Anthony Richardson is getting better every week. Hasn't thrown an interception in, in, in three weeks. Um, no turnovers in three weeks. Fumble right. either. So that first half, I'm watching the offense go up and down the field. We're like kind of matching point for point. We got field goals here and there, but we just kept moving the ball, which is one of the things I wanted this game. Uh, in going forward, I think the rest, we played out the hardest part of our schedule. So the rest of the schedule, I want to see us kind of just, you know, uh, move the ball up and down the field and, and, and show some uh, growth. And we I seen that offensively. The first half defensively was abysmal. Uh, Jimbo kept moving the pocket. And doing some things to uh, test our containment uh, with Brenton Cox out, he struggled with containment as well. But 
I think Jimbo did a good go- job scheming in the first half, and he just ran out of schemes. Uh, the first that first big run where he goes sixty five yards, and, and they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, and then they came back the next drive and was able to go back down the field. I thought that second drive was his script. Once you break for sixty five yards, the script goes out the window. We do whatever, get in the end zone. So they started off strong. Jimbo's a schemer. He did what they had to do. Uh, I like that in the, in the locker room. Uh, the coaches, Patrick Tony, and the guys made some adjustments. Uh, it could be Haynes' arm and and and, and the painkillers wearing off. Um, but I did see the defense contain better, keep him in the pocket, and he wasn't able to able to move the pocket and cause some problems like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys just playing more assignment football look like in the second half. Third down, we were a lot better. Um, I do want to say we got to we got to work on one of the things I don't like the entire season is uh, Billy Napier's two minute offense. It's like amateur when it comes to that last. At, at, at the end of the half, I'm going into a smoke break, bro. I don't even want to mm-hmm. see it no more. Uh, it's just abysmal play calling. Uh, no chemistry. That middle eight is also awful. But uh, overall, I see progression with the players and the team getting better week by week, man. Uh, we could close out with winning all these games. That would be dope. But we'll break down more offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. Yeah, no high level perspective. Anthony Richardson, I thought, did uh, had his best one of his best games at UF. Um, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the best player on offense, just 0.1 points behind Prince Uman Milan, who was the best uh, ranked player in this game. Um, you can tell he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, obviously limiting those mistakes and limiting those turnovers. He's not going to be the perfect passer. I don't think any of us thought that he would be uh, this season, but you're starting to see a bit more out of him, which is what you want to see as the season goes on. Got to give credit to the rushing attack again, uh, you know, put up 291 yards uh, in this game, three touchdowns. Montreal Johnson looks great as a hundred yards rushing. Um, If, if he continues at the pace that that he's on, uh, is likely going to be the highest uh, or most yards by a running back uh, in a season since 2018. In fact, he's just about 25 yards short of uh, Damian uh, Pierce from last season. Which watching him in the NFL right now is is really difficult. But if he's able to uh, to pass the 826 that uh, Michael Piron had in 2018 uh, and the 889 that Jordan Scarlett had. Um, in 2016, uh, he's just going to be right behind Kellen Taylor, who uh, had that thousand-yard season. So, having a great year, and then uh, got to give props to ETN too. Uh, looks really slippery. Uh, looks just like a great running back. So, you know, ultimately the uh, the game doesn't start out the way that you want to, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But they're able to turn it around, hold Texas A&M to I believe just four uh, third-down conversions in the game, uh, which is the the tied for the best. Um, in a in a game this season uh, with Kentucky going back to to game two, um, but these past two weeks they've only allowed ten of twenty five on third down conversion, which is substantially better than we've seen all season. For sure, ETN lead or second in the SEC uh, among freshmen in rushing yards trails only Quinshawn Judkins uh, at Ole Miss. Yeah, he he's the best in that in the running back room with making nothing out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, if he gets caught in the backfield, a couple of runs where he just mm. made guys miss, man. Um, elite footwork, real light on his feet. For I'm sure. glad we got that combination of both of those guys another year because it's gonna be it's gonna be needed next year. And, and especially something that really pops to me with him is, uh, especially for a freshman, just the patience mm-hmm. um, and the vision and the vision that he has. You know, sure. it, when you come in from high school to to 
the SEC or college in general, the game is fast. You're trying to make whatever you can make out of your limited carries. Um, it's easy to just, you know, try to try to go somewhere and it's not there. Uh, he really plays patient um, and runs with great patience and vision. No doubt. I, th- I attribute that to his brother. I'm pretty sure he works out with a lot of pros, get a lot of mm. tips from his brother, but that patient he has is, is pro-like patience. Yeah. No, and that was dope to see uh, Travis walking into the game uh, Sunday, the Jazz game Sunday, wearing his brother's jersey. That's pretty cool to see. For sure. Yeah, that was great to see. Uh, Trevor Etienne on the season, 81 carries, 467 yards. Uh, Montreal Johnson averaging nearly six yards a run. Trevor Etienne uh, at 5.77 uh, combined 12 touchdowns between the two of them. So that's a great one-two punch, especially, you know, considering next year uh, and what they could be with just another, you know, off season, uh, you know, Johnson's only a sophomore and, and ETN is only a freshman. So uh, Gators definitely will go into next season with potentially one of the strongest running back rooms um, in the country. Uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the receivers. Gators out, Justin Shorter uh, from this game. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, uh, Caleb Douglas scored a touchdown. Uh, you saw uh, Jaquavion Frazier's get his first start. Um, so ultimately, how did you guys think that they stepped up in uh, in place of Justin Shorter? Uh, and Caleb Douglas as well. I mean, Douglas yeah. had had one career reception before. Uh, this game, it was a touchdown, his second career reception, also a touchdown. He finishes with a three in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, thought he stepped up, thought baby Jay stepped up as well. Um, and, and Pearsall, man, the I think there was a false start called first drive, but they had a little end around, little jet sweep for him. Yep, that there was nobody over on that side of the field, nobody over there that would have popped for, for an explosive play. Um, I like those guys and nothing against Justin Shorter, but I think um, Frazier's a guy that, that we should continue seeing more of, especially you only get three games left. Some of that you'd like to see a ton of in the bowl game as well. Um, Pearsall, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I, he's an older guy, but he has eligibility left. I, I don't know that he's a first round, second round guy. Um, would love to see him back in, in Gainesville next year. And, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe I'm talking nonsense. I don't know that anyone's talking about me. Yeah, I, I, I said, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just talking nonsense. With that but, second but, master's degree. But uh, I'd like to see him back. And um, it, it, I think there's, you know, I, I've been down. It, it's noted. I've been down in the oh, wide receiver no. room. Um, yeah, but, right, man. Uh, they ain't all, they, they're not what we used to at University of Florida with uh, elite talent there. They're getting um, better, too. Yeah, right. and the ball placement of Anthony Richardson has just been phenomenal, uh, especially mm-hmm. last week, bro. Uh, we talk about the pass to Jaquavion Frazier's, the pass to uh, Caleb Douglas on that touchdown. Uh, he's not just, like, executing better. His ball placement is getting a lot better, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think he's starting to look a lot more comfortable. Uh, you know, unfortunate, you know, start the game with a, a number of penalties. I think they had three or four in their first two drives. Uh, definitely stalled out some things. Obviously, were able to still go down the field and score. Um, you know, don't know if that's just – you know, the young guys, Michael Tarquin, um, I know that he got two on the first drive, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, two false starts. Uh, I know, was it Austin Barber that got one as well? I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for Austin sure. Barber gets one as well. So I'm not sure if that's just some jitters. You know, I don't know how loud, loud. Texas A&M loud. was. It was loud. Um, yeah. Uh, you couldn't really tell on, on TV, which, by the way, I just need to do a quick aside. We need to get these guys. I respect from- the 12th man. That's it. I just yeah. respect the 12th man just because. That's it. 
We need Salute. to get these. The, we need to get Robert Griffin and and Mark Jones, uh, some pronunciation guides. They were, they were way off in this game. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I like I like RG 3s coming. I think he's going to I think he's going to be all right. He um he's a one-liner guy. I'm not sure if he just stands in front of his mirrors and just practices these he or does. if they just roll off the tongue, but no, he's, he's, he's definitely practicing that corny stuff, but I like He's it. at he, he's at the Hilton in College Station going Anthony Richardson, Sour Patch kid. Yeah, exactly. Sour Patch. Got him. Um crazy he, because last year I whenever I post the people that are going to be um at the games like anthony uh anthony richardson robert griffin the third people were pissed this this week it seemed like fans were like down with with rg3 he, he was dropping he's bars better he's getting better bro compared to all the old traditional guys some of these guys did not say anything even if he says something dumb and corny is at least entertaining right i didn't used to like it but now i'm getting used to his uh corny commentating it's all right <laughs> <laughs> it's not Musburger or anything like that, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Brent Musburger, blast from the past. Uh, but, no, uh, I think we were talking about just uh, wide receivers. I think great job. Um, Ricky Pearsall, you know, had a, had another good game. Uh, good to see Jaquavion Frazier, you know, really start to, to get into his own a little bit, you know, four catches, 50 yards. You know, hopefully this earns him a, a little bit more of an opportunity, uh, you know, even when Justin Shorter back. Um, Xavier Henderson yeah. had – let me see a couple catches. He had four catches uh, for 33 yards. So, you know, we're starting to see a little bit. You know, I, I don't think that we ever thought this was going to be a great aerial attack, but I don't think it's as down in the in the dungeons as maybe as it was, you know, in the offseason or maybe even, um, you know, at the beginning of the season. I think they're starting to come into their own a little bit. So uh, you infuse that room with some talent next year and hopefully get uh, a little bit stronger. Yeah. I do think the guys that they are, are bringing in, some of those guys are going to play early. But mm -hmm. Caleb Douglas has a very high ceiling. Uh, after that pass, I seen him catch with Kitten, from Kitten early in the season. I was hoping we see more of him just running go routes just to take the lid off a little bit. He looks like a speedster. Uh, I do like. I would like to see him in Jaquavion phrases a lot more. I'm with Nick on that one. Let's see, pulling up pro football focus a little bit. Let me just get back to offense. Um Montreal Johnson uh, ranks as the second best player in the game. Caleb Douglas fourth, um, Ricky Pearsall sixth. You know, so Jacoby Van Frazier's nine. So, you know, wide receiver room ends up turning out to be all right against a, albeit not great team this season, but still a, a talented team uh, that they won against. Texas A&M is recruited amongst the best in the country the last few years. You can say that there's development issues and coaching issues and everything else, but there's still a lot of talent on that field. And and certainly they were out a number of players with the flu and injuries and other things that predated this game, but still you're going up against some some good, you know, four and five star talent. So uh, good to see overall on offense. Thought the offensive line played well. I know Osiris Torrance uh, was the SEC offensive lineman of the week this week. Um, but again, just some some false start issues and a couple other things, but I thought the offensive line played played all right in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, one one of my offensive takes is when we go uh, four or five wide, there's a draw there. I don't know if there's a draw in Billy Napier's uh, playbook, but when when, they, when they're playing man and we go four or five wide, and we did play less pistol this week. Um, when we play less pistol, he executes better. I don't want to get totally away from the pistol. Uh, it's got to be a part of his developmental process. If he comes back next year, I would like to see him grow somewhere in that and work on that in the offseason with his focus and, you know, processing things a little faster. But when we go four or five wide and they're going man on us, bro, it's like no linebackers of safety right there. If you go back and watch the game, they did that like three or four times. 
my mom like, yo, just snapping and run forward. Like run, run a draw or something, but that's there. I hope they catch that on the film. We see it later. I like that we're going to shotgun. I like the four or five wide uh spreading shit out. And and because we've been we've been packed, we've been kind of squished in. We go a lot of bunch sets, close up, and all that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I like seeing us just go four or five wide and, and letting him do what he do. Uh, and that's I would love, I would love to see a draw out of that because you're like when you motion out Montrell or when you motion out ETN, you're taking a linebacker. They're bringing a linebacker out. It's empty, him. bro. And, and when you're just sitting there passing, you're playing, you're playing ten and eleven. Like the mm -hmm. linebacker doesn't even have to look to see where Montrell's going. He can keep his eyes in the backfield. You're playing a man down, and the way to attack that, I think, is just you hit the nail on the head. So, like, hey, we're we're taking a linebacker out of the box. To motion this guy out and instead of now playing a man down, you've got you got open space in the middle. Yeah, and the, the Gators this game really struggled up the middle. If you look at runs just to the left of the center or right of the center, they ran 14 times for 23 yards. Um, but if you look at everything else that they did, if they go outside the tight end on the left side or the left tackle, left guard, right guard, uh, right tackle, or uh, when they tight end is uh is lined up and they go around that uh that's where they got probably 93 94 percent of their yards in this game so uh florida has struggled to to move the ball up the middle um especially out of that that pistol or pardon me out of that uh not, not pistol, unrelated to pistol, uh, right right up the middle there. So they're definitely getting a lot more uh, yardage when they when they spread it out a little bit more. But like you said, Silk, I do think that there is a draw uh, opportunity there from what you're seeing as well. So uh, good observation. And, and yeah, tough game when they ran the ball right up the middle. That run was beautiful. Uh, he kept it. He, 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 doesn't, he hasn't done a great job this year with reading that. Uh, he read it perfectly on, on, against uh, Texas A&M, keeps it, never got out of cruise control. Mm -hmm. Our best offense is when he's getting outside and, and making those type of plays. I think he got three or four of those plays in him a game. We've been getting like one. I think he's got three, four of those big runs like that that he can get mm -hmm. off, and that just makes our offense a lot more explosive. It makes it put more pressure on the defensive coordinator. So I'm um, just glad. He just looked like he getting more comfortable, I would say. It didn't look like he was as comfortable these past few weeks. Um, Not past few weeks, but early in the season. Georgia, he looked really good. He's played the best games versus Georgia than any other quarterback. Um, yeah. That's played Georgia. So, um, the, the 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 progress, the progression is there. He's getting better. We'll see. Uh, props to Billy too. You know, mm -hmm. we talking about AR, but you know, Billy's doing a great job with you know developing them. As they had a lot of they had a lot of read uh, read option stuff, and I think um, you know AR's missed some of that stuff. Or, you know, pulled the ball when he shouldn't have, or or not pulled it when he should have pulled it. I think they did a lot better job this week. Um, a and M had basically two freshmen, uh, one linebacker uh, who was spying, and, and, and a defensive end who was, you know, uh, tasked with crashing or not crashing. And uh, I think uh, Ar and, and, and the running game kind of uh, feasted on on those younger players this week. No doubt, Anything, I like it. We need yeah. it. No, I think you're starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Definitely at the beginning of the season, Anthony Richardson, you know, against you take Utah aside the, the, the couple games after that. And you don't know if there's injury or not, but the Anthony Richardson definitely looked a lot less comfortable taking off or, or moving the ball with his feet as he has the last few games. So as long as he can keep that up, I think that you're starting to see a lot of the potential that people are starting to see in him. 
just a matter of continuously doing it in the last three games have been been good, especially not turning the ball over. And then at the beginning of the season, he was definitely prone to do. Uh, before we move to defense, any final thoughts on the offensive performance? No, I like it. I just need that middle eight to clean up. Mm-hmm. Also need uh, that two-minute offense just to get a lot better, bro. I don't know what the deal is with it. Uh, you get a false start coming out of that. That's what's the crazy part. Like they score a touchdown, mm-hmm. you get the ball, and you come out of a TV timeout or, or what have you, and get a delay mm-hmm. of game. Uh, that's just egregious football management, in-game management. Just gotta clean that type of stuff. And we, I expected this. So like the fans that are going nuts and crazy, it's a young coach. I expected all of this. I was very reasonable when we made this hire. It's gonna be a lot to be desired in the first couple of years with in-game management. He's a young coach, never coached on this level before. Um, but I do like that they're getting better. I can see, mm-hmm. I can see the progress, man. His uh his answer about that, too, I think lends lends credence to what you just said. You know, he's like, Well, where we are relative, that's a big Billy Napier word, relative. Where we are relative <laughs> that's to a big word. It ain't that many letters, but that relative <laughs> is a big word. Like shit. He's- Almost curse stuff be relative <laughs> yeah. to like certain situations. Yeah. Situations, he's man. like, don't be just black and white. Re- country, relative but. to the time on the clock, how our defense has been playing, and where mm-hmm. we are on the field, we'll maybe dial up one or two plays that we think could pop. And if it gets us from our twenty to the fifty, okay, now we're gonna get into let's hurry up and let's do this. But it's also like, okay, let's not shoot ourselves in the foot, which they did. They literally got a three and out with the mm-hmm. clock stopped and gave Jimbo and AM two full minutes to go down the field and score, which they did. Um, so I think there's a lot of, hey, we we are what we are on defense and offense. And I know fans want us to go out and and push to score when there's four minutes left and we're back in our 20s. Like, But if we do that, we might create a situation where now that now they have a short field, they score and they get the ball back. So I think there's some some stuff based on what the roster is and based on what you have and how you're playing t- down in distance and time where he's just not going to be as aggressive as fans want him to be right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the middle eight. I don't uh, get just... that, though, because like the aggression is like mixed match. Like you go for a million fourth downs and then oh, with a, with mm-hmm. a two minute. You go for fourth downs on your own side of the field. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to press the gas in the two minute. I just don't see the consistency with with. Thank the, you. Uh, it's it's a it. fire. It's a fireable offense the way that he has treated the punter, um, <laughs> and, and and how disrespectful <laughs> he has go. been to the entire movement. Now, um, I like that fourth down joint. That's too. That, it just confuses me because he with the shits on fourth down, mm-hmm. but then he'll turn around and and, and take the, the the foot off the gas in the two minute offense. I just don't get it. You need to punt more. Mm-hmm. I don't like punting. Yeah, Jacob says the fact that the handoff was miscommunicated after the delay of game was even more egregious. Uh, Brandon said penalty discombobulated play. Why well, try to force something? Both things make sense. Um, you know, but Florida sits in a, in a position nine games into the year, uh, wondering how they can fix themselves on a two minute offense. Uh, and in that middle eight, uh, it's been something that they've struggled with all season. Um, and again, if you look at the advanced stats of this one, middle eight plays, the Gators uh, have 10 total middle eight plays. And as a reminder, that's that last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third um, run six passes, four rushes. I have three successful plays 
um, out of those 10. So again, still struggling. Texas A&M wasn't great in the middle eight either, um, but uh, the expected points per uh, play was was their lowest of the entire game during that time. So um, I need you to send me that website because I'm sitting up there in the press box going through box scores, doing like tabulating this stuff myself. And apparently someone else is doing the work for me. Somebody else is doing the work for you and it's all mathematically done. Um, I don't think it happens during the game, but definitely after just drop it in the uh, in the chat for you. Uh, Scrimmage yard, our scrimmage plays, uh, they run 78, 492 total yards, 6.31 yards per play. Um, All of our wins, we got 210 plus rushing yards. Oh, I think we have a shirt for that. Run the damn ball. Run the, run the damn ball. All right, let's see here. Uh, before we get to defense, let's give a quick thank you to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. They just dropped a new basketball shirt. They have the baseball uh, script T-shirt as well and probably 17 other different designs for you. It's the holiday season. It's that time. Use promo code STADIUM and Gale, all one word. Get 15% off of your order. That's homefieldapparel.com, promo code STADIUM. And Gail, 904 Wheeling gave us some cash to ask this question. Open to all three. Do you keep messing with that dude on Twitter down south or leave him alone? There's two camps. I think it's funny to keep pissing him off. Uh, we appreciate your donation. Um, I, I think that there's going to be two camps. There's always going to be two camps. And don't know if this is the uh, the best medium to talk about the guy down south. So sorry, I know that that doesn't give you a answer, but uh, I troll him when it's convenient for me. That's right. my <laughs> I'm not gonna talk to him every day, but if there's an opportunity for me to troll him, I'll hop, I'll hop in. That's it. That's where I'm at with it. But I got yeah, other pick, things. Pick, pick your battles. Pick your fights. Appreciate but it. we do appreciate you, 904 Wheeling and the great city of Jacksonville. All right, let's see here on defense. Uh, Gators do give up. Uh, zero points in the second half, give up 24 in the first half. I uh, thought it might be a repeat of what we saw against Texas, but uh, ultimately the Gators in the second half really shut down Texas A&M from moving the ball uh, really all of the, the third and fourth quarter. Now give me your thoughts on, on defense, guys. Uh, I think the, like, they, these, these offensive coordinators know who to pick on uh, for sure. I want to see Jadarius Perkins just play a lot more than, than 16. Uh, I don't know what Trevez Johnson – I don't I don't, I don't don't see it. Um, mm -hmm. He's been on campus a couple of years. Uh, I'm just not seeing the, the plays being made. Every time I see coaches that pick on him, pick on, him on third mm -hmm. downs, uh, Jadarius Perkins started off, I think, the, the second half at nickel. And on that first third down that Jimbo got to, you see him try to pick on that spot. But Perkins was there and actually made a play. Um so I think some of it's just too much personnel transferring, man. Like, mm -hmm. like some of these guys just need to sit in there and get the reps. Like, there's no reason to be taken out, especially if they're making plays. Perkins has showed that he can make plays. Leave him in there. Um, guys that aren't making plays, Donovan McMillan came in. Um, I haven't seen anybody run the alley like he ran it all year from safety spot. Right. I can't remember the exact spot in the game because I had to watch the second half. Um, actually, uh, yesterday morning because I had to go to go out to the tailgate. But Donovan McMillan on one play, he gets in. He ran the alley like I've never seen the safety run all year. I think um, he only had one play, too. I think that was the only play he got tackled for loss. Yeah. Beautiful, that, man. I know that he's playing a lot of special teams. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more of him. 
um, this season. Are you guys surprised? I yeah, am surprised. Yeah. There's some smoke that they might want to make him a linebacker. I think you see that in, in his tackling and his toughness. I don't know if that's a move he wants to make or that one that should be made. But, hey, I'm not a football coach. How big is he? Like, what's, his, what's, his, what's his height weight right now? Um, he, he's like a little – he would be he would be a, an undersized linebacker. Just weight-wise right now, he would be an undersized linebacker. He's probably – I'm looking it up, but I would say he's probably 6'1", 210. Oh, Nick, you were close. 6'1", 205. Nah. <laughs> put, the, put this guy at the fair, you know? Look at this. It's like it's like I get paid to cover the team. I know some of the players. Yeah, I call uh, one, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a linebacker. He's a, he's definitely a safety. I like him as a strong safety. Uh, this is some some smoke about maybe his speed, but. Or you ain't got to be the fastest guy in the world to play safety. How he ran yeah. the alley is how you play the position. I just want to see more reps from some of these guys, especially when the position is struggling. It's one mm -hmm. thing if they were succeeding and, and prospering back there, but they're struggling, and you see guys come in like that and give you a little spark and make a play. I don't care if it's the smallest play. Pull them back out there. Yeah. It might, be, it might be, you know, decision respected time for the bowl game when guys want to sit down. Yeah, mm -hmm. looking at what's the uh, he may be sitting out. Like, what's his plans? <laughs> like, oh, it's gonna be a weird fall because you have guys sitting out for the portal. You have guys sitting out for the league. You have guys sitting out for a lot of different reasons. It's gonna get weird across the land, everywhere, not just here. Yeah, most yeah, of those, uh, most all of those bowl games will be after the December fifth day when you can hit the portal. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's gonna be a wild time. Spooky hours. It's gonna be a wild bowl season. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I don't like bowl game is just another camp. For me, mm -hmm. like it's just more, more, more reps. We ain't playing no serious bowl. Games. I always want to play UCF or a Florida team that could just catch us slipping on a game we don't care about. Like I don't care about the bowl game. I want to win, but it's about the practice reps. But if these yep. guys start bolting and hitting the portal. Uh, that's also I want to see who's leaving from other programs. Like I'm, mm -hmm. it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas time, right? So, yeah, waking up to, to uh, that that holiday season. That holiday season starts early. Uh, Rashad who's, Torrance. Who's, Go ahead. Whose Christmas it. list is bigger, yours or Harlem's? Oh, you're talking real life, real life, or is it? <laughs> like, no, yeah, like, like, the, like, the when like I think you're talking about transfer. Like, I'm talking, I'm talking the transfer portal. Who's, who's oh, mine's definitely list? longer. He okay. just want, he just want expensive shit now. It don't be long, dog. Like, it be short uh, and expensive. Getting to that age. Hmm. Getting to that yeah. age. Ask me to upgrade his chain and his laptop. Like, oh, oh dog. Hey. either or, man. I don't think we're gonna be doing <laughs> both. <laughs> you're like, you're like in this economy, one or the other, boy. He's got a other. gaming uh, uh, gaming laptop for his birthday, which is June, and I guess it ain't good enough. I said, dog, you got to start making some money with this gaming. <laughs> you get more laptops, bro. These kids out here making that bread, bro. You just over here just hobbying it up, man. <laughs> I love that. Uh, let's get uh, a look at some snap counts and stuff like that. Uh, Ventral Miller gets the most. Rashard Torrance and Trey Dean second and third with 65 and 64 reps. Uh, you saw um, – Let's see. Kamari Wilson plays in 16 snaps. Um, Miguel Mitchell plays one. Donovan Mitchell plays one. Um, Miguel Mitchell made a play, too. I seen 10. He played more than one rep. He only has one on defense. And he might have played some special teams, but. You sure about that? Yeah, just one in a run defense snap count. He made it. Now, this is pro football focus, so. He did not make the tackle. He did not get an assisted. I seen Miguel Mitchell in on a play. They lying. Well, yeah, just just one, just one play. 
No, I'm saying make a play. Like, act not just a snap. I see him he make a play. I'll, I'll watch the game. Play. Yeah, he okay. could have been around, and they might not have given him hey, a pro football focus. They're human, too. They can make a mistake, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've made many. They've made yeah. many. Uh, let's see. I know Nick pulled uh, some stats from pro football focus on the uh, the coverage uh, secondary. But let's, uh, while I lo- digest that a little bit, uh, first game without Brenton Cox. Uh, thought Prince William Milan played well. Uh, definitely got to the quarterback. You saw Antoine uh, Powell Ryland Jr. get a sack in this game as well. Uh, Gators ultimately end up with uh, two sacks for 12 yards in this game. But I thought especially the ability to get to the quarterback for some throws, especially in that second half, there might be some, some players, some of these younger guys. Yeah, I think uh, Umi Nealon and uh, Power Rowland both had a sack. Both, I think, forced a fumble. Uh, good production out of them in the second half. First half, they struggled with uh, keeping contained. Uh, you can tell Jimbo mm-hmm. was going to test that out a little bit. Um, but they they, they kind of got things together. I think Ventura Miller uh, spoke about the whatever happened in the locker room. He said there was like some just tough love. Tough love. Mm-hmm. You got you maybe some come to Jesus talks. Right. Yep. So, uh, I did, yep. 10 minutes I in. Like, oh, go ahead. But that that no, sixty five yard say, run that that you probably I'm probably lagging with you a little bit then that sixty five yard run was a little bit of containment issue and also Ventrell Miller missing a tackle mm-hmm. on that which was rare. Uh, but outside of that, man, um, I like that they fixed the Georgia game. The defense looked good considering you know mm-hmm. like like in the words of uh, Billy Napier relative to the situation, <laughs> um, they look they look better. Played one of their better defensive games. Gave us some stops that we wouldn't expect them to be able to be in that game. Uh, then they came back, struggled first half, which I was kind of expecting. I was like, bro, I'm not going to expect this team to come out and hit on all cylinders. I wanted to see my offense come out and click, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect that from the defense. I'm realistic. Um, but it, for them to put it together, uh, Patrick Tony got it together in the locker room. Defense, you shut them out in the second half. I don't care who's out there. These kids are on scholarship. Jimbo recruits with the best of his talented kids on that field. I like that Marshall and Evan Stewart match up the entire game. I had my eyes on that one. That was a good one. Yeah, Evan, Evan Stewart, as you guys will remember, five-star wide receiver freshman for Texas A&M, going to be a problem in the next couple of years. Uh, but uh, ultimately thought Jason Marshall played pretty well against him. He's um, better too. Nick uh, pulled uh, some pro football focus uh, numbers for the season, top five Gators in coverage. Uh, no surprise here, Jaden Hill. Uh, Man, Miguel had a tackle for loss. I I know what I be talking about. My bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just I'm just looking at Pro Football Focus so my you bad. can take their uh you need to go their to issue focus. up with him. Yeah, yeah, Silk focus. Silk yeah. focus. Uh, Jaden Hill. Big, but I be focused. <laughs> Jaden Hill leads the Gators in coverage this season. Uh, obviously limited. Uh, probably sample size is a little tight there, and obviously you throw in a couple interceptions in there. Uh, that number might be a little inflated. Jadarius Perkins, 73.2. Rashard Torrance, uh, then Jalen Kimber, then Jason Marshall. Uh, Gators obviously still have quite a bit of improvement to do in the secondary, but uh, Florida interesting numbers not, to say the least. Florida does not have any credit for Miguel Mitchell having a tackle for loss or a tackle. They need to watch the tape. I'm telling you what I saw. I'm telling you what what his school is giving him credit for, and they're not giving him credit for one last week. Well, they're human. They need to subscribe to Silk Focus, too. Turn the tape on. Miguel Miguel Mitchell made a tackle for loss. Me and my cousin, my cousin's a Gator fan as well. We was watching it in Airbnb, and we looked at each other, man. We like 10. We kept saying that to each other, so that's how I remember. 
He definitely made a tackle for loss. Allegedly. <laughs> no, this happened. Allegedly. Yeah, Relative yeah, yeah. No, to we, what we you get saw it. on yeah. TV. Hey, y'all, y'all put it on Twitter for me, man. They don't believe me. <laughs> Uh, but uh, on the defensive side of the ball, definitely step up in the second half. Hopefully that will carry into the game against South Carolina, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes with our friends from the Spurs Up show. Uh, any final thoughts on defense as a whole before we move into that? Mm. Uh, just want- just one. I thought, you mentioned Jason Marshall. He's still playing well, but we I think we overhyped him a little bit. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we're just not playing him to his strongest. Uh, that off the ball shit. That's, that's it's not, true. It's not. It's not what he's. Uh, could be just. Could just be being misused. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that as well. Uh, when he's when he's close to the line of scrimmage and getting aggressive with guys and jamming stuff, uh, mm-hmm. he looks to he looks to part. Uh, playing back, he's just not comfortable sitting back there. He looks lost. Um, a lot of guys look lost back there early in the season, but I like I like Jason Marshall the way he fared against uh, Evan Stewart. I think I thought the Georgia game gave him some unfair uh, pass interference. I thought he made good plays on the ball. He was in good mm-hmm. position to make plays. Um, he's not Kyrie Elam yet. We'll see. Got some time here. Geez, geez, geez. So I'm looking this up. Uh, Jason Marshall uh, allowed three catches on six targets for 62 yards, no touchdown. NFL passer rating against him was an 86.8. Uh, but while doing this against Rashad Torrance, a hundred and thirty-two point three NFL passer know. rating against him. I don't know what twenty-two be out there doing hmm. at all. I don't know. It's, it's, That's it's what I'm saying. Play. Let put Donovan out there. Let them boys go out there, run like at least make some plays. I don't know in either phase of the game, Torrance be looking lost. It's nothing personal. It's just when I see it, I don't see plays being made from twenty-two or sixteen. I know we gave Tradine a hard time because he celebrates and does stuff out the plays. But he's played better football than both of those two, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the facts. Both of those guys need to, to see the, the pine a little bit more. I thought when when, we, when 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 Kamari started seeing some tick, I think trading game went up a little bit. Uh, you got to sit guys for a little bit, show them that if they're not performing, they're going to hit the bench. And that's my biggest gripe on with Patrick Tony right now. Like, we just seen the same guys get cooked. We late in the season now. They still getting cooked. Sit him down for a little bit. Let somebody else get an opportunity. Just looking up here, I uh, want to give Nick, this is a, a nice segment of the show for you. Give Adam Mihalik a nice pat on the back, a, a 50 yard um, field goal to start the game. Uh, nice, nice kick from him. He has another good game, goes, uh, what, four, five, five for five? On um, on point after touchdowns goes two for two on field goals, twenty four yarder and a fifty yarder. So a good game by him and Nick. I know you want to see more of the punters. My goal is to hopefully not see any more punters. Bro, shout out to Billy. Billy, um, they asked about um, Adam Hollick having a you know kind of an up and down season. He's missed some short ones. Obviously, drilled the the fifty yarder. Um, uh, I, I, I forgot that he did miss a field goal. My apologies. He did um, miss that short one. And, and Billy goes back. He's like, hey, man, he's trying. He's working hard. Sometimes he has some good kicks. Sometimes he has some bad kicks. Just like uh, you guys have bad stories and good stories. So shout out to Billy. That was funny today. I like it. You're muted, Dan. Sorry about that. Uh, he goes 
two for three. My apologies. He did miss that, that shorter kick, but does go uh, two for three, one for 24 yards and one for 50 um, walk on. I know he's up for that walk on of the year award. Um, so we will see, uh, but let's see on defense, Texas A&M ends up with 418 yards, 5.97 yards per play. Uh, but definitely took a massive step down uh, in the second half. Do want to shout out the running backs. I know we left the offensive segment a minute ago, uh, but the uh, running backs and Anthony Richardson do end up for 144.5, what are called highlight yards, which is plays made or, or uh, yard score or uh, yards gain, pardon me, after the offensive line has done their work. So, a uh, really good game by the running backs. Uh, but like I said, Gators do win this one 41 to 24. Uh, go into the South Carolina game at five and four uh, with a massive desire to. Uh, reclaim uh the uh the win in their column after a uh, a drudging by uh by south carolina last year and shane beamer uh before we bring my friend chris phillips from the spurs up show uh on we want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at dome hats uh who's a sponsor of this show go visit domehats.com use promo code stadium gale and you will get uh, 20% off of your order. I am wearing their Quez, Ike, and Riedel hat. I know Nick and Silk in the last couple of weeks have worn some of their hats. Uh, and if you own a Stadium Gale hat, that is from Dome Hats as well. So give visit, go visit domehats.com. Use promo code Stadium Gale, all one word, and you will get 20% off of your order. And with that, we bring our friend Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show to join us to talk to us a little bit about South Carolina. Chris, it's been a little while. How are things going, my friend? What's going on, guys? I'm doing well. Appreciate you all having me on. And, uh, yeah, excited, man. Carolina, Florida. I know there's a lot of Gamecocks making the trip. I'll be back. Uh, in South Carolina, we'll be throwing a watch party with one of our business partners down in the low country. But, uh, again, man, the afternoon kick in the swamp. And uh, I know it's a big game for you guys, obviously trying to get that sixth win in South Carolina, trying to, trying to build some momentum. Um, so, no, looking forward to a good one, man. Appreciate you all having me. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a love the logo back there. But what is what's yeah. bigger? What's bigger, Florida, South Carolina, <laughs> football or baseball? On baseball, uh, I, I think football is king, man. Obviously, I, I think football rules all. But nah, certainly it's a big baseball series, man. No doubt. I mean, Gamecock, Gamecock fans and Gator fans love their baseball. So uh, I forget if that series is in Gainesville or Columbia this year. But either way, I, I'll be planning on attending. No doubt. I, I know that I was, ta- and I'm a huge baseball guy myself. Played college baseball, so not at South Carolina, but huge baseball guy myself. I know we travel to. Mississippi State, Arkansas, so I'll be planning on taking those in. But, nah, I, I mean, we all know football's king, right? I mean, nothing moves yeah, the needle. Sure. I mean, heck, heck, college basketball season starts this week, and I feel like nobody's even mentioned it. So, oh, I had no uh, idea. Which, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, so, I, mean, I have I, an idea. We got rid of the, the <laughs> stench of Mike White out yeah, of here. It's, it's, yeah. The golden today. tickets here, yeah. the golden eras here, whatever it might be, probably yeah. 30, 35 straight national championships for our Florida Gator <laughs> basketball team. <laughs> that uh, It's Columbia in April. I might have to make a trip. I might have to make the yeah. drive up. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see Nick. Uh, hey, Fou- Founders, Park is a, yeah, Founders Park is a great spot, great man. Park. You should definitely, definitely check been. it out. Yeah, Never been. Yeah. Need, to, need to start making some, uh, some SC road trips. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it. it's a good time. It's a good time. Well, the Gamecocks come into this game six and three, three and three in the SEC. 
The other three wins that they have this season are Georgia State, uh, Charlotte, South Carolina State. They start season three and two with losses to Arkansas, Georgia. Uh, then they beat Kentucky, beat Texas A&M, lose to Missouri, uh, and then beat Vanderbilt. I want to talk to you about the game against Vanderbilt, 38-27. Did not get to watch that game. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, that game against Vanderbilt. Yeah, so it was the first half offensive explosion. You know, the Gamecocks, after a really, I would say, tumultuous week and a high-pressure week, you know, Carolina fans calling for the for the job of offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield and, and putting pressure on the offense to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. You know, Jaheim Bell, for example, uh, one of the Gamecocks' top playmakers, had zero targets against Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, the message was heard because he had 19 touches in the game against wow. Vanderbilt. You saw guys like Antoine Wells, Josh Van, to carry on Joyner, just the playmakers making plays, and I would say Spencer Rattler played his best game in his South Carolina career, three touchdowns, no picks. You know, obviously Vandy, a team, worst pass defense in the SEC, but got off to a really hot start, right, up 31-14 to 14 at halftime, and I felt like they kind of put it in cruise control in that second half. Uh, you know, won the game by 11, won the turnover margin four to one, had a big play on special teams and a big day from Kai Kroger, which, you know, guys, that has been really the recipe for success for South Carolina this season is uh, they're six and oh when they force a turnover, they're oh and three when they do not. Right. So mm -hmm. it's a very simple formula. If they're able to get the football off of you and win the special teams facet of the game, Beamer ball to the moon, obviously they're going to have success. The offense has obviously been very suspect and you know, you look at that game against Vandy again. It's Vanderbilt, so you got to sort of take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, but after a really tough game against Mizzou, they did have a nice bounce-back performance, and we'll kind of see. I think a lot of the end of this season, the quote-unquote orange crush portion of the schedule with Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson, you know, if they're going to come out of this Ooh. one with a winning record, yeah, if they're going to come out of this stretch with a winning record, it's going to have to be because that offense finally turned a corner and, and, you know, Spencer Rattler's playing his best football of the season. And Marshawn Lloyd also, what's his status going in this Florida game? You know, they did all that against Vandy without Marshawn Lloyd. He was out in that game uh, with a with a, uh, a bruise on his thigh, I believe, a leg injury either way. So um, they're hopeful and optimistic he'll be back for Florida. But all in all, it was a successful win, right? You cover the spread. You win by double digits. And South Carolina punches their ticket to a bowl game in year two of Shane Beamer, which, you know, I think all things considered is, is a success. And, you know, for the first time since 2012, with that win over Vandy, first time since 2012, the Gamecocks have won back-to-back -back SEC road games. So if they were to Whoa. beat Florida, it'd be three straight. I don't know how long it's been since they did that. But, uh, yeah, all in all, like, you know, a ho-hum type performance, guys. I mean, the Gamecocks – you know, have now beaten Vandy 14 times in a row. So, you know, it's funny, on my, my podcast today, I said the biggest takeaway from the game is just that, you know, no matter, you know, the, the, the preview shows I do for South Carolina Vandy should be five minutes long because it doesn't matter what the storyline is, doesn't matter the circumstance, doesn't matter how good or bad South Carolina football is, the Gamecocks just simply put on Vandy. And you're not going to throw a parade because of that or beat your chest, but, um, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those – one of those things, death taxes and Carolina football finding a way to beat the Commodores. But, uh, you know, all in all, obviously, the bigger takeaway is you get that sixth win. You're six and three with three to play. And I don't think there's a Gamecock fan out there that over the summer wouldn't have signed up for that uh, through nine games. And Vanderbilt's last SEC win came in 2019 against Missouri. <laughs> Yeah, quite a while ago. I think it's 25 straight they've lost. So it's uh, a minute. Yeah, tough to be a Vanderbilt fan for sure. <laughs> Tough to be a Missouri fan because you're on the other end of that trivia question. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Very good point. Chris, I am looking up uh, when the last time South Carolina won three straight home games. I'm back to 2000 – or away games against the SEC. I'm all the way back to 2011, and I have not found yeah. 
that uh, it does look like 2011. 11. So there's okay. your research. They beat Georgia, yeah. Mississippi State, and Tennessee back in 2011. Yeah. Uh, Chris, talk to us a little bit about Spencer Rattler, obviously former five-star guy, uh, transfers from Oklahoma to South Carolina, uh, has a bit of an up or down season this year. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Spencer Rattler and what the Gators can kind of expect out of him. Obviously, highly regarded out of high school, but you know it's been a – Rough up and down. Yeah, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. It's been an underwhelming season. Um, Mm. And I don't know that it's all on him, right? They've had issues at offensive line at times. Uh, You know, a lot of people point to, again, Marcus Satterfield and the scheme and the system and and just the way they call plays and what have you. Um, I think he's made plays at times that you see where – you see why they brought him in, right? You see Mm -hmm. the arm strength. You see the talent. You see the ability – but, um, you know, he's been turnover prone, right? Eight touchdowns to nine interceptions. He's also fumbled the football a couple of times. Oh, like um, you know, <laughs> yeah, he has. So, I mean, I think the Gamecocks are one of the worst in the country. I know they went into – and this obviously improved because they won the turnover battle in Nashville 4-1. to one, But they went into that Vandy game at minus six in the mm. turnover margin. Obviously, that's improved since then. But, you know, they've had trouble holding on to the football and – and uh, winning the turnover battle at times. So, you know, I, I think Spencer Rattler, you know, you finally saw against Vandy, and we knew if he was going to have a game where he popped off and he and, and, he, and, and everything kind of came together, it was going to be, again, the Vanderbilt game with going up against the worst pass defense in the SEC. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a multitude of reasons why he has not been successful. I point more so towards the scheme and the system and, and Marcus Satterfield and what he's calling. And, again, there's a reason basically the entire Gamecocks fan base is calling for a change. And, you know, I would say this respectfully to him that no matter what happens, I think it's in the best interest of South Carolina to go a different direction at OC just because you listen to those guys talk and he wants to run a 12 to 13 personnel and and run for 275 a game and, and do things that I don't know are really realistic in Columbia on a year-in, year-out basis. But either way, back to Spencer Rattler, you know, I think you can expect it depends. Uh, do they go down the field? Do they stretch the field? You know, they did that against Vandy and you saw him throw a beautiful mm-hmm. football. I mean, he does throw a beautiful deep ball. I, I just wonder, will they call it? So, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, listen, if you get pressure, he's shown to have happy feet. And he's shown he will give up the football, um, you know, but if he has that time to throw, and then obviously on the run, he's been very effective as well. But got all the talent in the world. I just think it's the big question. Can he protect the football? So if the Gators, if I'm the Gators defense, that's what I'm banking on. You know, I know Florida obviously has had mm-hmm. some major struggles defensively, but can you win the turnover battle and, and benefit from turnovers and Spencer Rattler kind of being that gunslinger type of player? I would imagine that's what Florida is going to look to exploit. Uh, Chris, I've got a question. I've got a really good buddy, Taylor Destin. That's actually a big fan of you as well. Uh, but he went to South Carolina and he's been complaining about Satterfield all season. What is the, <laughs> the biggest issue? I know you just mentioned it a little bit, but what is about his scheme that has fans such up in arms? Yeah, and Taylor, by the way, is an awesome dude. Absolute legend, yeah. by the way. So shout out to <laughs> shout out to Taylor. But uh, you know, my my biggest issue with Marcus Satterfield is just overall feel for the game as a play caller. Um, when, when things stay on script for them, AKA they're able to run the football, right? Um, you know, it looks good. It looks good. But when they've got to go off script and he's got to make adjustments in game, I, I, I just, you know, as a play caller instinct, having a killer instinct is kind of, it feels like it's one of those things you either have it or you don't. Mm. And it, it just feels like too often Gamecock fans this season have been sitting there scratching their heads, just wondering, just, just why? I mean, there, there's been some of the most baffling third down calls you've ever seen. Some of the Likewise, most baffling yeah. goal, yeah, goal to yeah, go play calls you've seen. I mean, again, like I just mentioned against Missouri, Jaheim Bell has zero targets 
Why does it take an uproar from the fan base all week long? I mean, last week was like, you know, we we joke that after Carolina loses, it's, oh, it's Therapy Monday here on our live show. Dude, it was Therapy Week last week. I mean, people were just were, were just going off all week long. And then finally they got the message and they get the football to Jaheim Bell. But it's like, why do you need that to know you need to get the football in your playmaker's hands? I mean, what, what, why, why is there why is there such a disconnect there? So, um, you know, I, I think at times it's just there's a lack of creativity. It's a conservativeness. It's, uh, you know, again, it's just not having a feel for the game. They're also doing that check with me type thing where they get to the line and they look over. And, dude, it's just slow and it's methodical and, and it just <laughs> it gets bogged down and, um, you know, I, I thought you saw at Vanderbilt a lot more creativity, some trick plays, if you will, stretching the field deep. And, you know, we, we, we've nicknamed him Swing Pass Sat or Screen Pass Sat. <laughs> I mean, dude, you look at Spencer Rattler's passing chart for the season, dude, it's baffling. I mean, it's flat. Just how many passes are behind the line of scrimmage or five yards or shorter? It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's maddening when you look at it. We got a big cushion. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I I don't know. Maybe this is the game where it clicks. But my biggest issue, guys, long story short, is just the lack of feel as a play caller and and being able to make adjustments and and kind of feel out and understand your personnel and understand, you know, the opponent and what they're doing and just having that feel as a play caller. I I think that's my biggest issue with Marcus Satterfield. Well, Florida fans are – remember that 2020 – Cotton Bowl, uh, and are probably looking forward to hopefully for them a little redemption against Spencer Rattler, who absolutely went off um, on Dan Mullen's Gators. Um, I want to ask a little bit about the defense. It seems like South Carolina's defense has been like lower middle class, like not the worst, yeah. probably in the middle of the pack, but on the on the lower end there. Um, tenth in the SEC in scoring, eleventh against the run, um, six against the pass, and then seventh total. What what has been their issue with I guess stopping stopping the run? You know I I think it's deficiency at linebacker more than anything because you look at the defensive front you got a couple of former five star guys Zach Pickens Jordan Birch Tonka Hemingways play good football Alex Huntley I mean the list goes on and on and guys Shane Beamer preached over the preseason how the defensive tackles weren't just the strength of the defense they were the strength of the football team preaching on the depth and how many quality bodies they had you know it's interesting guys because this is actually a talking point i'm going to bring to light this week that you know all the focus has been on Marcus Satterfield and the shortcomings of the offense which deservedly so right i mean they have not played good football and they deserve all the criticism but i feel like it's kind of masking uh, the defensive deficiencies and the, the mm. defensive struggles. And I think it's because, you know, when Clayton White came in, the defensive coordinator, you know, last year, the expectations for the defense were practically non-existent because Will Muschamp had run this thing so far into the ground on the defensive side, which is – Been there, done by, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We can relate on that side of things. But it's, but it's ironic, right, because he was supposed to be this defensive guru and it was the defense, I think, that eventually got him fired. But, uh, you know, the, the expectations are basically zero. And so South Carolina defensively last year exceeded all expectations, right? So, you know, I feel like coming into this year, Clayton White gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I think he's done a good job at D.C., but like you mentioned, stopping the run has been a major problem for them. You gave up 226 or 220 or something yards to Vanderbilt on the mm. ground. I mean, the doors were going up and down the field, 454 yards total. I believe they had. Again, I, I think it's one of those issues. I think the only way it's really going to get solved is in recruiting um, because linebacker, again, for this for this program, for whatever reason, has been such a deficiency over the last couple of years. And, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at times because you feel like you have the bodies up front. And, 
they just got pushed around at, at Vandy. And I know, again, Florida loves to run the football. You know, guys, I'm sure y'all already know this, but I saw the stat that really jumped out. Florida's 5-0 and when they run for 210 or more yards in a game, and they're 0-4 when they run for less. So, I mean, if they're, you know, their, their key is running the football, right? Um, so, and I think that'll be the key, obviously, for the Gamecocks defense Saturday is just stopping the run. So, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been interesting, their, their lack of success on the defensive side. And you just hope that doesn't show up big time in these last three games. Great yeah, time Chris, to uh, plug the Stadium and Gale shop. A couple of run the damn ball shirts there. For yeah, we can get them in some South Carolina and, colors yeah. if you want. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I just pulled up uh, Pro Football Focus's um, passing direction chart for Spencer Rattler. Uh, if my math is, is correct, that's 77 passes. Um, that he's thrown behind the line of scrimmage uh, this season. Um, very few, what is that, 26, 36 total passes beyond 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not accurate uh, on the season. That definitely seems like where he turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida's best chance to contain that is just what, crashing their linebackers and safeties and, and hoping that they're not able to escape for a big run there or a big uh, yard after catch. Yeah, no, I, I would say so. And like you mentioned, and, and I will say this to Spencer Rattler's credit, there's been a couple of those deep passes that um, were balls that were bobbled and turned into interceptions or went off the receiver's hands and they weren't all his fault. But, hey, you know, as a quarterback, it goes on your stat line, right? And we saw it too mm-hmm. against, uh, you know, Texas A&M. There were a couple, of, uh, a couple of deep plays, deep shots that, you know, he threw a beautiful football and unfortunately they were dropped. So it's just the life of a quarterback in the SEC, man. And again, it all goes on your stat line. I know, I know, uh, Anthony Richardson's dealt with that too. You know, balls being tipped and they get picked off. And unfortunately, man, it just goes on your stat line. So Rat- Rattler's dealt with that for sure. But uh, yeah, those deep passes, it seems, I, I don't know, man. They just, uh, Marcus Satterfield, he, he, he loves it, man. The extended handoff, if you will, the, the, the swing pass sat stuff. It, it just, and it's, it's, it's sickening at times to watch truly, man. Cause you just feel like you have these athletes, you know what I mean? And, and I understand you want to get it in their hands in that way, but God, I mean, it's just running a tunnel screen on third and 18 will make anybody want to pull their hair out. Uh, are you sure you're not covering, are you sure you're not covering Florida? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the same pro, pro yeah. program, same problems, yeah, we run, right? We run counters. I don't know. Okay. Um, counter, do, counter on third I'll, take a, I'll take a tunnel screen. We got a, a super chat here from uh, Dan Richmond. Said the last time uh, former South Carolina coach Brad Scott was on the Swamp sideline, the USF game, the Gators struggled mightily. Will Beamer bring him along uh, and maybe bring along as a Steve Tannehill as well? Chet, um, thanks so much, Dan Richmond. And uh, and Taylor Dessen's here to say hello to you too, Chris. Taylor, so. what's up, man? Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, Steve Tannehill's up to these days, but Brad Scott, he's still at Clemson, right? So I, I don't think uh, – I, I don't think we'll be giving Brad a call anytime soon. I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't know the, how favorably he's really looked at uh, in uh, in Columbia anymore. But uh, yeah, I don't know what Steve's up to, man. I know he's he's obviously still the owner over at Group Therapy in Columbia, Tanny Hills Group Therapy, the uh, the bar down there in Five Points. Which, if you do go to Columbia, you should check it out. It's a great place. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey, whatever whatever you need, right? Whatever good mojo. I think Stephen Garcia. You know, we have him on our show every Monday. He said he might actually be in town as well. So uh, I think I think that could bring us a good. Yeah, yeah that, down that, here in Tampa. Yeah, that that could bring us the good fortune we need. I think he said he's actually playing golf tomorrow with Trey Burton. So that uh, sounds the, right. The, the, the trash talk will be on for sure as we as we go into that game Saturday. I love that. I'm looking here at your uh, your defense. I know you mentioned a little bit about it. Uh, Jordan Birch, uh, uh, Tonka Hemingway, uh, uh, Gilbert Edmond seem like your mm-hmm. big pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, types uh give us a little bit uh, of what the Gators offensive line can expect out of your defensive line 
Yeah, Edmonds definitely stepped up and, and, and had a good game. And, you know, you've seen South Carolina's defensive line take over games at times. You look at the Kentucky game, Texas A&M. And, again, they've certainly got athletes up front. I think they're a little undersized at a couple positions. And mm -hmm. I think early on in the season, too, uh, the loss of Jordan Strawn, Mo Kaba at linebacker really hurt them. And those were – uh, those, those were a couple of guys that, uh, you know, they depended on heavily to make big-time impacts this season. But, uh, you know, it's an attacking defense. I would expect Clayton White to bring the heat. You know, if I'm the Gamecocks, I'm stacking the box. I'm get, I'm trying to get Anthony Richardson's face. I'm I'm taking my chances, and I'm putting it all on my, you know, on the back half of my defense, my very talented secondary, and, you know, asking them to go make plays for me and win on in man-to-man matchups. So, um, you know, Zach Pickens is obviously the big guy in the middle. Alex Huntley up there as well. Tonka Hemingway, you mentioned Gilbert Edmond. Um, you know, Jordan Birch on the edge as well, the former five-star. So they, they've got athletes up front, no doubt. And, uh, again, what happened against Vandy was just it, – it I'm still really surprised, to be honest with you. I'm just shocked at how much success Vandy had. And, again, it doesn't bode well for the Gamecocks if, if you're not stopping Vanderbilt and then you go play Florida, who's been running the football well all season. But uh, there's athletes up front for sure. I mean, they might have a challenge in regards to size, but uh, – you know, if you look at the Gamecocks recruiting class right now, there's a reason they're recruiting the, the, that side of the ball and specifically the trenches on that side so heavily. But, uh, you know, guys like Sherrod Green, Stone Blanton, mm -hmm. Debo Williams at the linebacker spot, you know, those are the guys I look at. Uh, Brad Johnson as well. Those are the guys I look at that really I think need to step up and have big games for you if they're going to plug that running game. South Carolina seems to have a monopoly on players named Debo. <laughs> something about it man i don't i don't know something about, about it. it um you mentioned this earlier uh chris south carolina right now minus five in the turnover margin uh end up plus three against uh against vanderbilt last week but uh has it been bad luck obviously there's been a, a number of interceptions let's see 11 total interceptions you know is that on rattler is that on the wide receivers is that just on the offense or you know what what can we expect out of south carolina in the turnover part of this game yeah i mean i, I think it's been a mix um mm -hmm. i you know I, i'd like to think you know, you, you can't predict like going into the game this weekend. It's hard to predict. Well, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bobble the ball a lot this weekend. Like you just never know, right? It's you know, a couple of Spencer Rattler's picks were definitely some bad luck interceptions. You know, you look back at the SC State game and and one the guy was trying to make like a diving catch and it like bounces off his chest and it goes right in the hands of the defender. The other one, I mean, God, it goes right off right off the counter receiver's hands and goes in the hands of the defensive back. So, you know, there's been some bad luck turnovers. I, I think just because though guys of the dysfunction on the offensive side and some of the confusion. I think that's why you've seen some of the interceptions and turnovers as well. But, you know, guys, as I mentioned, winning the turnover battle, I know that's something that's kind of a no-duh thing, but for Carolina, it's just so true. You know, I think you look at realistically the struggles they have on offense, and they're not all that not they're not all that dynamic. They're not all that explosive. And I know Florida, again, maybe this is a defense the Gamecocks can really have some success against. And I think you look at the next two games, Florida and then Tennessee, as good as Tennessee is this year, the defense isn't really all that great. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a stretch where the Gamecocks can, can sort of build some momentum offensively. But I just don't see a scenario Saturday in which the Gamecocks, again, are going to win this game going mano a mano with their offense against Florida offense. Like, they're going to need to be opportunistic defensively. And I'm sure Florida's saying the same thing. You know, I just mm -hmm. talked to uh, an upstate radio host here, Mark Ryan, who's a Florida grad, and we talked a little bit about the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he told me, Chris, these two teams are like mirror images of each other. And and, and I would agree. I would actually agree because yeah. I think they're both – I think they're both flawed, inconsistent football teams that when they're at their best, they could maybe beat anybody in the SEC, but they also have times where you're like – 
this might be the worst team in the conference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's such a mixed bag, right? It varies. I mean, you look at Florida, almost mm-hmm. lost to USF. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and obviously I've watched Gators football from afar. I haven't really done a deep dive on them yet for this week. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's kind of a mixed bag in, in year one of Billy Napier. And I know this is a really, really big game for the Gators. I, I don't – you know, I, I still think Florida fans probably look at the South Carolina game as like, you know, that's one we should win. And when you're in the SEC and you're favored at home, you feel like mm-hmm. we should win, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why South Carolina fans were so disgruntled and upset after you lost to Missouri because at home, homecoming, you're favored, and then you just lay an egg, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 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 going to be a situation where the Gamecocks, they, they've got to be able to win the turnover battle, make big plays in special teams because if they don't, you know, you saw against Mizzou, they weren't able to get those game-changing, momentum-changing plays and even defensively, you know, that defense, I think, has a little bit more it, – it's a little bit leakier than we've given it credit to to this point. So, uh, being opportunistic, you know, you hope Anthony Richardson – I know he's been really good of late for you guys right over the past couple mm-hmm. of games, like nine touchdowns, no picks, I think I saw over the yep. last two or three, something like that. So, you got to hope he kind of reverts back to, to early season, Anthony Richardson. He's given the ball up. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great challenge for South Carolina defensively with his ability to run and pass. You know, I feel like watching them, it's a big RPO system where they kind of give him the option to run every play and he can use his legs and his athleticism. And, you know, that's one of the reasons he's obviously such a good player and such a dynamic player. And every time you watch a Florida game, they're talking about his NFL draft stock and, you know, this guy could have been a Heisman front runner and all that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, tur- turnovers have been certainly something that have bit South Carolina in the rear end. I think they're going to have to win the turnover battle to have a chance in this one. What do yeah, you hang Florida, your own? Florida, real quick. So, Florida is second in the SEC with a plus six turnover margin. Um, that, that's obviously been aided by the last couple games, uh, a couple mm-hmm. games where they haven't turned the ball over at all. And South Carolina is 11th uh, with a negative five turnover margin. Yeah, that, is, that does not bode well. <laughs> yeah. That does not bode well. Taylor agrees with your your premise there. Yeah. Turnovers I mean, I, will be I just, the key to this game. Yeah, I mean, to Taylor's point, and Taylor, very, Taylor's a very smart guy. You know what I mean? Ta- yeah. Taylor's very, very knowledgeable. Questionable, questionable. No, it's uh, you know, I mean, I, I just think at this point, you know, we're guys, we're nine games in. You are mm-hmm. who you are. I, I don't think all of a sudden you're going to see Carolina go go drop a fifty bomb in an SEC game. So. Uh, again, their recipe for success, and you look at their four-game winning streak. You look at you look at uh, you know Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt, whatever. But even in that game, they won the turnover battle four to one, mm-hmm. and they won the game by eleven. So, so I mean, you think if that game was zero zero in turnovers, and I know it doesn't work that way. I'm not trying to play the hypothetical on the negative side of things, and you know what have you. But it's it's just the reality, I think, for this football team. You know, there's some teams that could lose the turnover margin and overcome it and still win and and win anyway. I, I just don't think the Gamecocks are one of those teams. I don't think they're good enough off, offensively. I think they have to steal a possession or two, especially against a really dynamic dynamic and explosive Florida offense. Yeah, Chris, want to ask you another thing. Yeah, they still give up 454 yards to Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. um, who's not necessarily known for their prolific offense. But uh, I think they have the that, worst offense in the league, by the right, way. Right, yeah. Let's just, just call just it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Let, let's let's, let's – Let's um, not limit yeah. it to just the league. It might be one of the worst offenses <laughs> yeah, one at, of the, at, at the right. FCS right. level. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you about something that's really sticking out to me. 12 penalties, mm-hmm. 116 yards. Has that been something that – is this an anomaly or is this something you guys have been struggling with all season? No, that's an anomaly. I, mm-hmm. I You know, that, that was surprising to see. I think there were some ticky-tack calls. It was also a really chippy game for, like, whatever reason. I didn't know Count of Vandy was a – was a rivalry, I guess. I, I don't yeah, know. Like there was like somewhere. a 
I mean, there was a scuffle going into the locker room at half. I'm like, really? Like, are we? I mean, I know it's tough, in, that's a tough scene. That's a tough, I mean, I know it's scene. intense and all, but I'm like, like really? Like you had Cam Smith and Will Shepard getting into it a couple times. You had you had a late hit. So no penalties. You know, South Carolina for the most part has been a disciplined football team. I think they're around 60 yards per game in penalty yardage, which is about average. Um, so no, I I wouldn't look at penalties as something that's been like one of those nagging things that's that's been following them. We hang our hat on uh, the running game, uh, doing a lot of things. Uh, AR is extra talented, but we went, like you said, we win most of our games going 210, all of our games going 210 plus. Uh, What does South Carolina hang their hat on offensively? I would say the running game as well. And that that was what was so intriguing about about Saturday against Vandy is, you know, Marshawn Lloyd did not play. Um, And really the constant in the Gamecocks victories, especially when you look at that four-game winning streak they had early in the season – it was Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, you you look at their offense, offensive productivity. You look at how many touchdowns he scored. He's practically been the entire offense. I mean, it's 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 been incredible. So I, I would say run game as well. Um, I would say that's what the Gamecocks, and I think that's what they'll try to do, right? Because you look at Florida; they've been susceptible to it. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect to see South Carolina kind of funning and gunning as the as the as the head ball coach would say. I, I don't see them doing that, really stretching the field early and often. I think it'll be. A lot of Marshawn Lloyd. I think that's that's going to be their bread and butter. That's what they'll go back to. So uh, they kind of go, honestly, Silk. They kind of go as uh, Marshawn Lloyd goes, and you know that's why it's so imperative they get him back for Saturday. What do you expect out of uh, Spencer Rattler on the road in the swamp? I think it's going to be fairly loud. Uh, what, what, what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just how, how has he handled uh, away stadiums? Because I haven't watched you guys play live. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I, I know. Arkansas is not the swamp, but I thought he I thought he handled the road crowd fine. Um, I'm trying to think. Obviously, at Kentucky, you know, I thought he played fine there. Had a good second half. You know, that second half, I thought he really came on, and that was his best half of football in a Gamecocks uniform at that point. Um, you know, the swamp again. I'm glad it's <laughs> I'm glad it's not a night game, but um, you know, I I think just his his number one yeah his, his number one job just protect the football man just just protect the football I I think he's been fine in regards to to handling road atmospheres and again certainly the the swamp's one of the best in college football especially when Florida's got it rolling but uh, you know I I don't worry too much about like his composure or anything like that I mean this is a guy that you know I know I know the the Big Twelve isn't the SEC but he's played big time football I mean he played at Oklahoma he's played in some big time hostile environments and venues if you will so um, you know I, I would probably say though I mean you look the Gamecocks have now played or yeah they, they've played at Arkansas at Kentucky and now at Vandy I, I would say this is going to be the most hostile environment he's played in. I think I did hear correctly it's a sellout on Saturday so yeah I mean I, I think they, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> you guys now you guys sound like us on that you guys kind of sound like us in that they've sold all the tickets for what it's worth they've sold all the tickets have been sold uh, <laughs> the, the, whether they've gone through costco or walmart yeah. or what but they've yeah. been sold <laughs> but uh no i i uh you know I, I think the swamp will probably be the most raucous environment the gamecocks have played in and um you know, I, I'm excited to see how he handles it, but just protect the football. Protect the football. He's got all the talent in the world. Um, you know, he, he's got to protect the ball and, you know, not put South Carolina in bad situations. Again, I respect the fact he's a gunslinger. I respect the fact that at times he's just been trying to make plays. But, you know, it, it's unfortunate for Spencer Rattler. And, again, you, you really do just take the Vandy game with a grain of salt, right, guys? Because I, I I know Vandy's in the SEC, but you throw that game in there with Charlotte, SC State, Georgia State. That was one of those. That was one of those kick-in wins in the preseason, man. Uh, you look back at Mizzou and you look back in SEC play against the better competition. 
Spencer Rattler just looked confused. I mean, he's looked confused. He looks like he's playing in half speed. He's thinking too much. He's, you know, a lot of times he's locking in on one read. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the turnovers are coming. So, you know, I, I'd like to see him play fast, play free, use his abilities, trust his talent, if you will. And, you know, I, I, I think, again, that's why people point back to Marcus Satterfield because it's these 13-word play calls and, you know, the check with me's. And it just it's just a bunch of mess going on. So, um Number one priority for Spencer Rattler, protect the ball. I think he'll be able to handle handle the the, the hostile road environment. Uh, Chris, before we get you out of here, the line right now sits at Gators minus seven and a half. Depending on where you looked, it either started at minus nine or minus eight. Uh, over under is 59. Uh, Gators pretty heavily favored in that seven and a half right now, minus, minus 300. Give us your prediction for the game. Does South Carolina cover? Does South Carolina win? Uh, what, what's your score prediction if you have one? Put put me on the spot early. I normally don't drop a score prediction until like Friday or so. I, I'll tell you this, and I, this, I, I will say this. This could be subject to change in regards to score, but – if I'm if I'm completely honest, my early feel on this one is that I think it will be a higher scoring game. I don't think there's any way. I mean, the winner of this game is going to score 30 plus. I, I think it probably goes over the total. I, I just don't think there's going to be any way the Gamecocks can muddy this one up enough to win it like 23 to 20. You know what I mean? Like I think they're going to have to score and keep up with Florida. Um, again, the recipe for the Gamecocks is very simple. They got to force turnovers. Beamer balls got to show. Make a big play on special teams. You know. Unfortunately, is that a great recipe for success week in, week out? I'm not really sure that it is. In Florida, being at home as well, they need this one. Sitting at five and four, you know, Billy Napier near one year one, trying to get to a bowl game. Um, you know, so I, I do think I've got the Gators edging out Carolina. I think it's something like a like a 34 to 30 type of score, something like that. I really do believe it's it's got to be a higher scoring game. But you know, the Gators at home. And I just, guys, after giving up 200-plus rushing yards to Vanderbilt, I, I just don't have any confidence the Gamecocks can stop Florida enough consistently on defense. Again, they're going to have to benefit from being opportunistic, forcing turnovers. And unfortunately, you know, you can say whatever you want about the teams they played. Kentucky didn't have their quarterback. A&M had the flu. I understand that. But the bottom line is this. Unfortunately for the Gamecocks, Anthony Richardson's playing with confidence, and that Gators offense is playing with confidence. And it looks like they're starting to hit their stride a little bit. And uh, I just don't think that bodes well for South Carolina. So I think it's a really good game, back and forth game. I look at this as a coin flip game. If the Gamecocks can get that game-changing turnover, or maybe they have a kickoff return, or they block mm -hmm. a punt, then obviously I think that could swing the other way. But it's just really hard to bank on those things on a week-in, week-out basis. So for that reason, uh, again, my score prediction, my actual score is subject to change. But I'm going to lean the side of the Gators. I do think they'll get it done at home. Yeah, pretty even matchup looking at the last 10, both five and four uh, against the spread. The Gators, our Gators are two and four uh, this season um, against the spread. Uh, South Carolina is two and one as the away team against the spread. The Gators just one and four as a favorite this season, uh, but uh, definitely we'll see on Saturday. Could be interesting. There's a storm brewing out there in the tropics, what the weather might be uh, for Saturday. Again, a 4 p.m. kickoff. Uh, in Gainesville. Uh, Chris, why don't you plug your show? And uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. 
Yeah, absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Obviously excited for the game this weekend. It's at the Spurs Up Show on all social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're even on TikTok, right? So uh, that's where you can find all our content, thespursupshow.com. The podcast drops on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. Uh, The podcast drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We do a daily live show also called The Daily Crow, noon to two, which drops, or excuse me, which airs again Monday through Friday, noon to two, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And that's more of a show, an interactive call-in show. So we take calls, questions, uh, open-ended banter. It's a good time. We also have a lot of rival fans tuning in that live show. So any any Gators who want to come in, smack talk, the comments are always electric. Uh, you'd be surprised how many different fan bases we have tune in and talk trash. And uh, it's always a really good time. But, uh, yeah, my podcast, my preview will drop on Friday. I'll, I'll lock in my official prediction and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, excited to talk Carolina Florida all week. You know, this series has been really competitive and back and forth. And and I know the Gators are looking to looking to avenge last year and that blowout win. And, and uh, you know, this is a big one for SEC East hierarchy, guys. You know, when, when mm-hmm. you know, you look at the SEC East, I know Georgia has obviously got a stronghold on it. But outside of that, you know, Tennessee's obviously made their case that they're, you know, they're, they're going to be a new beast of the East. But, man, everybody else just trying to climb, climb, climb that ladder. And uh, so games like this are just massive. They're pivotal for the, the upward trajectory of each program, if you will. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Um, we will talk with you soon, my friend. Enjoy your time in Gainesville and have a great rest of your week, my friend. Yeah, guys. Hey, appreciate y'all having me on. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Chris. Yep, y'all take right, care. Have a good one, Chris. Chris, Chris is going to need the luck, man. Not, we're not going to need the luck. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Phillip with the Spurs Up Show. Let's get a quick uh, shout-out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Uh, go check out alumnihall.com or go visit Alumni Hall on Archer Road in Gainesville, Florida. A bunch of new military items. Uh, they have a hoodie, uh, a couple new short sleeve t-shirts, a couple different style hats, uh, as well as check out their new men's jogger sweatpants uh, and check out a restock on some of their most popular uh, two for 20. I don't remember. It's two for 38 t-shirts. Go check them out. Again, our friends over at alumnihall.com or on Archer Road in Gainesville. Uh, Silk, any additional thoughts on the South Carolina-Florida game? Yeah, uh, I expect a good first half, kind of like A&M. Uh, but second half, I expect us to pull away. If if, South Carolina, if, if, if Vandy can run for two-plus on them, man, it's about to get ugly. I'm just going to be real with you. Mm-hmm. If, if, we get, if we could get off like that in the run game, I don't see how they're going to be able to, uh, to, to, to keep AR from doing this play-action thing and, and, and hitting bumps. I expect a big game from us. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think we've been, you know, uh, crescendoing. Is that, is that the right one? Crescendoing. Crescendoing. We've been yeah. doing that a little bit. Uh, I think that continues um, throughout the season as we end this year. I think South Carolina is gonna be. We're gonna pull the stick out, you know, hold them down, take all their money, and then we'll do the same thing to Vandy, and then we're gonna go to Doke and do it at not Doke. We go to Runzook and do the same thing in Tallahassee. But I expect a big game from these boys. I think they're gonna keep getting better offensively. And I don't see no way they're going to match us like touchdown for touchdown uh, with uh, Rattler. He's going to be opportunistic. I don't think that's going to change in the swamp. I just hope, hey, show up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, don't take, I don't know if it's a sold out for real, for real. I've been in two games that they say was sold out. They weren't sold out for real, for real. So show up. Hmm. Yeah, I know. would love to see the Gators obviously get a couple of good games here in a row. Um, haven't really seen that a ton. 
uh, this season uh, do well in one game, potentially lay an egg uh, the next game. So hopefully they can carry over that momentum from the second half of the game against Texas A&M. This would be huge uh, for the Gators. You know, the opportunity is there not only to uh, get those 15 additional bowl, you know, practices, but the ability to, to play in a good bowl game right now. If you look at CBS, uh, they project the Gators in the Relia Quest Bowl, which is formerly the Outback mm. Bowl here in Tampa. Uh, so again, good for exposure. Good to be uh, in a big game. Uh, they have them playing Illinois, which would be an interesting matchup in a game that I don't uh, know when the last time the Gators played Illinois, just for a uh, a new team to play. Uh, but like you said, Silk, you know, as long as the Gators can continuously, uh, you know, run the ball the way that they have in their wins, 283 against Utah, 217 against South Florida, 274 against Eastern Washington, 231 against Missouri, and then 291 uh, against Texas A&M. That's a bad matchup for the Gators. The Illini have the nation's best scoring defense and fourth best rushing defense. Also, what the hell's over Lia Quest? And am I not going to get a bloom a human blooming onion? You on will the not sideline? get a human blooming onion. No, Lia Quest is an IT security company based. Keep here in me Tampa. out of there. Keep me out of there. I'm about to cut the tape on before I just start giving uh, <laughs> the they've got a they've got, any credit. They've, they've got a legit defense. <laughs> they do. Shout out to Burt. Shout out to Burt, but yeah, their cool. defensive coordinator. I know his picture has been uh floated around the timeline this season. Um among never uh, seen no speed like this. He ain't never seen no speed like this, man. Go out go out there and run down on Illinois. I'm talking crazy. Uh, and we yeah, we're, we're, we're not we're not even there yet. We're we're, we're three I'm, games away. Ready to talk crazy. We'll see what both teams both games are <clears throat> crap shoot anyway. We don't know who's gonna be there. That's, That's right. Yep. Uh, Cam, super producer Cam has the Gators winning 31 to 18. Uh, before we do that, let's get into our buy or sell segment from last week. Let me just pull that up. I know we all had a pretty good uh, week, but let me just make sure that I get my numbers uh, correct. Um, in buy or sell episode 202, Blake was dumbfounded. Uh, no AR yeah. turnovers. We all bought and we all Got that correct. Uh, Gators rush for over 175 yards. The Gators also win that one. On the offensive side of the ball. Did we all buy? We all bought, yep. On the offensive side of the ball, if I if this Gators convert 50% of their third downs, we all sold. And the Gators did only convert four of their 12 uh, third downs this game. Uh, leading rusher, uh, Silk had Trevor Etienne. Dan and Nick had Montreal Johnson. What? Montreal I didn't Johnson. Have Trevor Etienne as a leading rusher. I said, You did. No, you did. That's nah, you can blame one mm-hmm. of our um, media gotta, folks. Got to bring uh, the tape back, bro. I don't remember yeah. saying that. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll review the tape, uh, and the tape. then if five Gators get a sack, they do. Uh, Nick and Dan go five and zero oh this week. Silk uh, goes four and one with a bit of an asterisk, and we'll review run up the score on the Silk. We'll, we'll it's run five up and up the man. score. Nope. We're running up the score on <laughs> Silk. Control, Running controls. up the score. We're calling timeouts with thirty seconds mm-hmm. left. We're pointing sure. to the scoreboard. I think Montreal's gonna be the leading rusher every game closing out. So I don't even think that's a discussion. We could put that on there, but <laughs> Montreal's just gonna I think he's done it most of the games this year. Yeah. He's had, um, he has some he has some elite balance. Like he bounces off a tackle. I watched him like put a put a hand on the ground against the sideline, keep his balance, and then fight through another tackle. He's got some 
some elite balance, like gymnastic level balance. I like uh, uh, AR's football smarts and awareness is getting a little better. So that uh, the pitch he did to Montreal or the pass mm-hmm. wasn't even a pitch. Uh, and also the pass moving up in the pocket to throw to uh, Caleb Douglas. I thought both of those were just good football football plays you can't teach. Um, and at the end of that run, Montreal showed how he a grown-ass man, bro. Um, that boy came from Louisiana, but he with all the smoke. I don't know how he was a three-star in y'all world, Nick. Somebody dropped the ball. But that boy the truth, man. Um, very strong guy. Billy Napier said, like, I don't know how we got him in Louisiana. That, that yeah, was nice. Very happy he did. Edo was chasing tail and not chasing recruits. That's how it happened. Mm. No, you guys didn't give him enough stars, Nick. Nah, well, you know, I'm not the star giver. I'm not the kingmaker. <laughs> the star giver. All right, let's uh, let's do a little buy or sell for this week, episode two zero three, uh, and we'll we'll note this if we ever need to to review the tape uh, in the future. Uh, let's see. Let's start with Spencer Rattler. Nine interceptions on the season, averaging just a little bit more than one per game. Do the Gators get an interception? Well, I guess it would be one. I think they're in nine games now. Sorry. Um, do the Gators get an interception against Spencer Rattler in this game? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. I think the Gators are really going to try to avenge this game. I know there's not a ton of guys on the team right now uh, that played in that game against Shane Oklahoma, was talking but that greasy was an last. egregious game. No, 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 forget forget Spencer. Shane was talking greasy to us last year, too. Yeah, he was. That's right. Yep. I like I like Shane Beamer. He's got he's got like I a little ball. Did. He's got like a little ball coach in him. Like he's when he's if you give him the opportunity, he will talk greasy on you. And Florida yeah, gave him a massive opportunity, and he just took his shot. Let's see. Um, passing uh, Gators um, over the last four games, obviously doing better. Our last three games, pardon me, doing better. No turnovers, uh, throwing the ball. Uh, Gators have put up one eighty five, two seventy one, and two hundred one through the air. Uh, over the past couple of weeks. So with that in mind, can the Gators put up 250 yards through the air against South Carolina? Yes, sir. I don't know. 250. I don't think so. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Let me think about this. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. Sell it, Nick. Don't Sell it, Nick. I'm tired, of you my, <laughs> I'm tired of you stealing my picks and going five and zero with me. Okay, um, positivity. We're selling it because Florida's going to run for over three hundred, and they won't need to throw. Okay, all right. We're going to get into to running here in a second, but mm-hmm. you're going to sell. Sell. So. I'm just going to I'm going to confirm multiple times throughout this segment, so in case you <laughs> need to review the tape, mm-hmm. um, see what you've done. Yeah, that allows you the opportunity to change as we go on as well. Uh, rushing, uh, Gators get 291 against Texas A&M on 50 carries, their most in a game uh, this season. And if I look back, that's their most in a game in a very long time. While you're answering this, that's against South Carolina. Well, against Florida State, sorry, in 2018, they had 52. Against South Carolina that year, they had 62. Uh, do the Gators get 250 rushing yards against South Carolina combined. Yes, sir. Bag it. Bye. I'm, I'm going to bag it too. Gators go for over 500 yards of offense. I think if Vanderbilt can go for 450 plus, I think the Gators on, can do Talk 500 in this mm. game. Talk to me. Nice, man. This is, it's we a disrespectful question. A disrespectful question. 
All right, Gators, uh, obviously without Brenton Cox, uh, this game do still get two sacks, including a couple forced fumbles there. Uh, do the Gators get two-plus sacks in this game, two or more sacks against Spencer Rattler in South Carolina? He's elusive. I think he has 41 he, he, rushing yards on the season. Yeah, give me two sacks. Give me two sacks. I'm feeling like a bullfighter. I'm going to go with the Gators get three sacks this game. That wasn't a question, Nick. We actually, I mean, Dan. No, I'm Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so I'm going to buy, and I think the Gators get three. That's just a little bit of extra credit. I can give okay. myself a plus like one it. if they get three. I'll throw it in the bag, too. Take it home. Nick, I don't like how much you're buying. You don't have this much money. All right. Bro, I, I, have, I have three years of, of, of money saved up. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, carry. Yeah, over. but infl- inflation's been pounding you, Nick. That's true. That's All true. right, I should, I should have converted it to Bitcoin. <laughs> so the Gators, <laughs> this Gators, this season thirty-eight point eight nine. Definitely got pounded. <laughs> Gators thirty-eight point eight nine percent on third down. Um, you take out that uh, that Eastern Washington game. Uh, Gators just a hair below five hundred. Um, All right, but where they had five hundred, a hair worse than that. Uh, Do you think that the Gators uh, last two games they go eight for twenty-eight on third down? Do you think that the Gators can go above? We'll just say forty percent on third down this game. That's confusing. You can word that confusingly. Will the Gators convert more than forty percent of their third downs this game? Sorry. Yeah. I prefer not so, to get it third down, but I'm buying. Nick? Sell. I'm going to buy. We're going to separate me and Nick somehow. All right. Let's see. Finally, do the Gators cover? Right now, the spread is seven and a half, so that's the number we'll go with. Do the Gators cover a seven and a half spread? Bye. Bye. Okay, I'm going to buy as well. Uh, Over under, I think we said was 59. Is that what I had? Uh, Do the Gators go, or do South Carolina and uh, Florida combine for more than the over under, which, like I said, I believe, as I pull this up, is 59. I got it under. I got the score 34-17. Okay, so Silk sells. Um, I'll take the over. Yeah. I'm going to take the over as well. I think the Gators are going to score a lot of points. I think South Carolina is going to score, uh, not a ton, um, but I still think that they combine for more than 59 in this game. Uh, weird game. Um, don't know what the weather's like, so we could all look silly and you could have a, a 20 to 13 game that's played in the rain. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so that, that will take us into final thoughts on the football team before we get through a few other announcements, boys. Final thoughts? Just on football, yeah. Well, just ready to see some football Saturday. I don't have any final thoughts. Final thoughts mm-hmm. be would be out to Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think I see a lot of progression. That's, I just like that uh, defense got a lot, just a lot of answers. That I don't think we're gonna get this year. Um, so I'm just looking out for answers out of my offense. I think we got we, we can play a good enough defense to win out. Is my take, but I don't think we're gonna get the answers we want to see with defense. I think we gotta see a lot of personnel changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll there's still a question mark on Patrick Tony. Uh, question mark on, on on Billy Napier as well. But I got some answers out of Billy this year. Uh, mm-hmm. what the offense is gonna look like, style of it. I don't know with defense, I don't think that's 
That wasn't what he ran at Louisiana, Patchatoni. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think that's our defense. We'll see when the personnel change. Um, I hope it's not our defense. <laughs> answer a couple questions, Dan. Uh, big time rain Thursday, Friday. Uh, with that mm-hmm. uh, tropical, tropical storm, storm hurricane, yeah, coming through. Um, Saturday, sunny skies, lows of fifty-five, highs of seventy-four. Perfect. Um, and shout out to Chris Williams if you can throw that up there. Yeah, uh, they I was are just going to do that. They are doing Gator Walk. Gator Walk is two hours and twenty minutes before the game, so that's uh, that would give you a one forty. Yep. Estimated Gator Walk at one forty on Saturday, and again that's a uh, North Side, uh, North Lawn right there on University. Yeah, we um, we missed the Gator Walk when we were all up there because I think Silk and I thought it was a. Uh, Two hours before the game, Nick told us two hours and 20 minutes, and we were definitely more than the 15, 20-minute walk it was to uh, to get there. So uh, go enjoy that. Uh, Chris Williams also said that he'll be there and five other people sitting in the north end zone, row seven. Can't wait to see our boys go off on Saturday. And then Blind Squirrel Sports uh, said, like to the show, wanted to say congrats on your victory over Texas A&M. I might be a dog, but I was rooting for your Gators on Saturday. Best of luck the rest of the season. I wish I felt the same against about Georgia. I was cheering for Tennessee, man. I'll be honest with you, bro. I was I was so sad that Tennessee just decided to lay an egg, man. Bro, they did not get they did not lay an egg. They did not lay an egg. They were exposed because they're not as good as Georgia. I thought their offense would be a little bit stronger than it was uh, in that game. They've got they've in got the a twenty five year old college quarterback. So does Georgia. So does Georgia. Who's running? Who's running an offense really well? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Tennessee looks like. Their their combined age was forty nine in that game. 50. 50. Was it fifty? Were they both twenty five? I thought one was twenty four. I know Stetson Bennett just turned twenty five. Okay, so fifty. Cesar Bennett turned uh, 25 the day before Florida played him. That, yeah, I thought uh, Hendon Hooker was uh, 24 still. So uh, with that, by the time that you listen to this on the podcast, Airways, but you are watching on YouTube right now, uh, Gators do kick off their uh, their basketball season today against Stony Brook. Uh, they're playing at the Exact Tech Arena at the O'Connell Center. It is game one of the golden era. Uh, if you are listening on YouTube, you can watch that game on the SEC Network Plus, which means that it is available on the streaming platforms. Uh, Sean Kelly and Lee Humphrey are your announcers for that game on the radio. Gator starting lineup is going to be CJ Felder, Colin Castleton, Kawase Reeves, Will Richard and Kyle Lofton. We will get our friend Eric on in the next few weeks to break down this basketball team, but definitely a new era, a golden era for the Florida Gators in their basketball program. So uh, gentlemen, uh, if you don't have anything else, I think I have song of the week. Let me give a uh, quick thank you to our friends over at true classic tees. Go visit trueclassictees.com forward slash SG 25, or use the promo code at checkout and you will get 25% off of your orders, T-shirts, workout shirts, polos, a lot of different stuff, really cool products, true classic tees. That's true classic tees.com forward slash SG25. This weekend, got to see my friends, uh, the Turnpike Troubadours, not really real-life friends, but in my mind we're friends, Uh, but American Aquarian opened up for them, so we are going to play – my favorite song of theirs it is called the losing side of 25 and we will see you boys at the same corner 
and same time next week. Hey, real quick, real quick. I yeah. something. We're gonna be in, I'm gonna be in Temple this weekend. Uh if anybody in Temple want to pull up to the USF oh, game, SFU, yep. SMU, we got it with Ben Chase. He's on that tail um uh, sorry, football road trip, uh Guinness World record breaking trip thing he's on that uh, we're gonna be kicking it out there we're taking about 120 kids out to yep. the usf game that's dope um, yeah holler at us man um yeah no also, it's, it's, go uh, ahead also no, just uh, <laughs> go ahead uh, also we're gonna be announcing uh florida state florida uh tailgate tickets re- here real soon man um i decided to go out there and, and kick it that black friday um so we're gonna pull up out there and hang out Ron Zuckfield needs to smell Silk's cologne. I uh, know uh, Ben Chase was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, he's a member of Gator Twitter as well. Um, doing his Chase 70 where he's trying to go see 70 college football games this season. Uh, got a really cool opportunity to work with him and, uh, and Silk to get a bunch of students uh, and kids uh, in the greater Tampa Bay area out there serving a lot of underprivileged communities uh, as well. So really cool that, that Ben reached out to uh, to Silk and myself, was able to connect him with a lot of folks. So really glad uh, to see those kids. I will not be here this weekend. I will be at a, uh, at a music festival in Orlando. Um, so I'll be watching the game the next day, the next morning. Uh, but Silk, I hope you have a great time uh, here right. in Tampa. And, um, and yeah, boys, we'll see you at the same corner, same time next week. And let's take our sick intro music out of here.
and some boys that I call friends and a pretty girl that I can call my own. Yeah, I might never be a millionaire. That's all right by me. Cause I've done the things I wanted to and said the things I needed to and seen the things I wanted to see. When they all ask me how I'm doing I just smile and realize There are different roads to happiness I took a different path I guess Came out on the other side just fine The losing side of 25 Took a different path, I guess Came out on the other side just fine The losing side of 25